Welcome back to this week's episode of the podcast. I hope you guys are re-energized and excited about an incredible year ahead. I know I am. And, well, we have a great way to start this week. Why not bring someone from sunny Mexico on the podcast? Today, we've got Rob Bailey, a real estate agent with Century 21 down in Puerto Vallarta. Now, Rob used to be up here in Canada. And, well, he made a decision, him and his partner Holly made a decision to make the move all the way down to Mexico a few years ago, set up shop, and get into the real estate game. They've done very well, and they're really creating some waves. Not only that, Rob's just an awesome guy. I know a lot of people that have gone down there and worked with him and had such an incredible experience. So we wanted to take a moment to bring him on the show and talk a little bit about life in Mexico, what it's all about, and maybe his experience in real estate. Rob's a great guy, and if you have any questions about real estate in Puerto Vallarta, definitely let him know. He'll be tagged up in all the show notes. Great guy again, like I said, and make sure you let him know that Alex sent him his way. If you're loving the podcast and you're loving everything about it, make sure to give us that like button, thumbs up, and a five-star rating. Enjoy the episode. We'll see you next time. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. Thanks so much, Rob, for joining me today on the, uh, oh, thank on you. the podcast. It's, uh, it's nice to see your, your face and, and hear your voice. Uh, talk to me a little bit here, because I don't think our listeners know where the heck you're coming from. Where are you today, my friend? I'm in beautiful, sunny Puerto Vallarta. The weather here is, the forecast is just suns every day. And this morning, it's uh, 23 degrees. Beautiful. That sounds like a terrible time. And I'm looking outside, <laughs> seeing rain and two degrees. So, I mean, yeah. I suppose if you prefer the rain, we're in the right place. Otherwise, you're you're definitely there. Seeing a lot of people taking some great vacations down at Puerto Vallarta lately. But uh, there's a little bit of a difference between those guys and yourself because you, my friend, obviously live there, and uh, which is why we're having you come on today. Rob, you know, we already did a little bit of an intro before the show, but it's always good to hear in some per, uh, someone's own words why the heck they sold everything and decided to move to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico and start selling real estate. We were always coming down to Puerto Vallarta for about a month uh, each year, and it was always kind of the... Uh, the goal, maybe someday to retire or semi-retire down here. So we kind of kind of had a five-year plan. When the pandemic hit, it was tough on everybody. And this, I think, has changed a lot of people's focus and it changed ours. You know, there were some other uh, things that went on during the, during that year and stuff. Finally, my wife just looked at me and said, you know, what are we waiting for? Make a long story short, we... We sold absolutely everything. I had a contracting business. We sold our home turnkey. The buyers wanted absolutely everything in it. So we actually left like we were going on vacation because we left with six suitcases and our cat and basically just closed the door behind us. And uh, we jumped on a plane and came down here. It's something that a lot of people talk about doing. Very few people actually do it. I've got to ask you the question then. What uh, Was there something specific that really just turned the key for you? Something that was like, no, we're, we're going to do this right now. What, what was it for you? For us, it was a couple of health, health uh, problems. I had something to go on. My wife had a, a, a bad uh, back injury, waiting for surgery. 
in that time, you know, there's some personal things of a mother dying. It was just like we had all this stuff go on in a year. And we just started looking at everything and, and looking at the market at the time. Everything was, you know, like this. And we just said, you know, it's, we'll make it work. We didn't retire with a, a boatload of cash and no worries, but we just thought, you know, we'd figure it out. You know, I was owned my own business for many years. Um, my wife is very resourceful. We took the leap. We moved down here and um, yeah, we, we figured it out. You know, things kind of fell into place and uh, here we are and uh, it's working out better than we thought. You know the old story, you always hear people tell these stories and they all still, you always hear the same thing. I wish we would have done it sooner. And really, it's, it comes down to that. I wish we would have done it sooner. So action takers, like a lot of people, obviously, from the pandemic, you got a lot of time to think. Uh, you know, like you said before, some serious health consequences. And we always, always hope that, you know, that's not the reason that drives us to do something in life. But having experienced something like that myself, I completely appreciate where you're coming from, from that perspective. And that led you to, uh, to making a real life change that, well, a lot of people talk about doing, but don't actually do. We just didn't want to look back and say, you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Let's just do it. I mean, what's the worst case scenario? We go back, right? Good way to think, man. So we were connected before the move, which is kind of neat. And when you guys went down there, um, you know, everything you know changed. You had to look for a different opportunity. You had to understand, you know, a different world, a different role. And uh, naturally, of course, you got into real estate, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, the, the the one thing you can kind of do everywhere is right. If I was a barber, then maybe that's what I would end up doing down here. It's you know, or you know, something like that. Where you, it's doesn't matter where you go, you can do that. Um, I, w I did not do real estate before I came down here, though. Uh, I was going to do it in British Columbia, and I had started to take the course when I moved there from Alberta. And uh, to be quite honest, I didn't like going out on the weekends for a drive in that, seeing the realtors putting up the signs for the open houses. And so that's what you're doing on weekends and the evenings all the time. To be honest, I decided that it wasn't for me. So when I moved out to BC from Alberta, I continued into my uh, contracting background and started uh, doing that. So when I moved here, when we moved here, of course, that was the first thing that I tried to fall back on. It was contracting. And um, I thought, you know, a little bit of that, you know, handyman services and that, working you know, for expats and stuff. And uh, you, I found out very quickly uh, it's pretty hard to compete with the labor down here. But you can uh, hire people to to do for work in your home or renovations uh, is drastically lower. So I, I found myself, hmm, this, this might not be the thing. So I just started kind of looking around and talking to people and kept him running into this one gentleman that was uh, a broker down here. And... Um, we started to talk and he says, give it a shot. What do you got to lose? You know, your contracting background might help you out in that, but, uh, you know, give it a shot. So here I am. So you've been in real estate now for uh, almost two years, I believe, right? In the uh, Port yeah, of Ireland area? Yeah, year and a half. So, yep. And uh, safe to say, you know, obviously we, the social media world is pretty incredible. I've seen you connect with a lot of people online through, you know, Instagram and, uh, and, and those sources and being able to really show a lot of what you, what you do. But it looks like your journey has come a long way in that time, meaning um, you guys have not only learned a lot, been able to make some serious inroads in the last couple of years. What's that experience been like for you? We came down here with the, uh, 
we're just going to relax for a year kind of thing. You know, we got a few months into it and we're like, okay, especially my wife was like, okay, what are we doing for money? <laughs> we got to get on this. She had already picked up a couple of clients doing social media and such. That kind of started the journey of where to go, what to do, of what to do. Like you mentioned social media, that is one of the just keys to business these days. It's almost like you can't do business without being in that social media. Didn't know anybody down here, you can't rely on that. And uh, so we felt that was the key. So that's what we really went for. And the, um, the exposure has been great and uh, continues to just kind of snowball really. Absolutely. And I should probably say kudos to you for hopping on this uh, podcast here today as we kind of work our way into it, because I know this is the first time doing this. And Holly's been a big part of taking over uh, most of the, uh, the, you know, a lot of the social media. You're, you're obviously an exceptionally personable guy and, and really comfortable <laughs> face to face. But I, I made you really get out of your comfort zone here today. So I appreciate you. You, you really have. Yeah, this is the first <laughs> this is the first time I've done anything like this. Uh, but, you know, this is good for me. It's a learning process. I'm yeah. more of the guy behind the scenes doing the work kind of thing. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I really appreciate this. Yeah, well, I wanted to give you some kudos because I could tell I know I know you were nervous going into this. And for people listening to the podcast, you're Rob's a really outgoing guy. Uh, and uh, I didn't want to put him on the spot, you, but you've got so much knowledge. So let's let's talk a little bit about what you know about the market, too, then, uh, Rob. Let's get into the goods, what people want to hear. Okay. So, you know, just kind of give me the, you know, the once over a, a visual, someone who is uh, unfamiliar to the real estate market in the Port of Arda area. Yeah, talk to me about what, what the market is like now, this day and this time. I mean, it's evolved probably a fair amount in the last couple of years, but what's the experience like today in that market? Lack of better words, it's kind of the opposite of what we're seeing in Canada and the U.S. right now. I, I, I was just doing a, uh, I just did a search this morning to just give an idea. Uh, like the inventory is is low, the demand is high, and to give an idea of what's kind of like on the horizon, I do a search this morning for condos uh, up to $500,000 US. It came back with 490 results. I take pre-construction out of that and it comes back with 87 results. 490 to 87. So you're looking at over 400 of those selections are going to be your pre-construction. Wow. The demand is so high, the inventory is so low that developers are just building as fast as they can and to, to try and meet up with the demand. What would a typical market look like in Puerto Vallarta from a comparative uh, standpoint? Like what was, what was it looking like you know, a year ago at this point for, for those uh, resale properties? It was the same way. Like you're just seeing this trajectory. Uh, to give an example, a condo in a building that was purchased for 167,000 US in August of last year, that same condo today is being listed in that same building. There's two units, one is 294 and one is 299. So you're looking at just over a year going from 167,000 US to 300,000 US. And that's, the way the market is going here. Mm, crazy. And and so you're seeing this all the time. You're on the ground level. You're here having conversations with people. Talk to me a little bit about why you think the market is like this right now in, in part of our point of art. What, what are you hearing from people? I think it's kind of comes back to even our story. You know, all the events in the last couple of years, uh, the, the pandemic, the way the market is, markets are right now, 
the way the real estate market is, people are reprioritizing their lives. And you're seeing people either thinking about, like, let's get ready for retirement and look at an investment property, or let's just sell everything altogether and, and move. And we're seeing that where you see, usually before you see, okay, well, the people buying down here are 60 years old, they're getting ready for retirement. No, we're seeing the families, young families, late 30s, 40s, and moving here, selling everything, moving here, or keeping a property back there uh, as a rental property or whatever the case. But moving here full-time, putting their children into private schools, which are top-rated schools, and just living a much simpler quieter, um, less expensive life. Absolutely. That might make sense. I mean, especially given what happened in the last year or two, I, I think it's probably not shocking to see that. But my big question to you is, you know, now it's been a few years you've been down there. Um, do you think that something like this is, you know, in your experience, do you think this is sustainable? Do you think this is a trend that will continue going forward just based on what you've understanding or, or, or do you think this is kind of a, a pandemic uh, push and we'll see that calm down or slow down? Uh. You know, I think it's I think it's just really changed the way people think, and I don't think we're really going to see any slowdown. You know, I get asked all the time, "Well, what's the market going to be there like now? Is it going to drop off?" I, you know, I've been getting asked this uh, for a year now, and I don't see any signs of slowing down. And I think we all see, you know, we all see no matter how bad a market is in an area. We still see the people that are going and buying luxury cars. They're buying that million dollar home that somebody else had to had to sell uh, because of, you know, uh, things going on in the market. And you still hear people going and buying retirement properties or luxury properties in places like Puerto Vallarta. And Puerto Vallarta especially, it is a coastal town. It is a resort town. And uh, it, it was again rated second and rated second for most uh the best place to retire in the world Incredible. again this year so so we think it's uh it's probably going to be maintained and i mean I, it wouldn't be shocking to see the fact that there are so many uh people looking to retire baby boomer, boomers uh you know people who are digital nomads having the ability to work remotely now after the pandemic considering the possibility we we obviously saw the explosion of people moving all across the country in Canada and and in small towns in in the United States and perhaps just the culture shifts for the next uh series of years uh into that sort of uh mindset right with the way the pricing went in the housing market there you have people sitting on a million and a half dollars worth of uh you know equity yeah I can move to Mexico, Puerto Vallarta. I can buy a nice home. You know, it doesn't have to be oceanfront, but I can, I can find you a nice home for $400,000. And you've just retired a millionaire. Mm -hmm. You know, put that money in a bank and you know what I mean? So uh, it's, 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 there's a lot of different things, reasons that are driving people here. But uh, a lot of the... A, lo a lot of it is is people that have equity. They're seen on equity. No doubt. Well, that's interesting and not surprising to hear. Um, what what do we transition this? I think so. We've talked about young families making the move. You're seeing people buy uh, who are retiring. Um, I mean, I'd like to know before we talk about the expectations of buying in the market. I, I'd like to skip forward a little bit and talk about 
you know, Porta Varda as an investment. Um, the reason I ask that question is because the nature of what I do and the conversations that I have with so many amazing people every single day and, and specifically through this podcast is I'm hearing people ask the question, hey, Alex, how do I buy a real estate in Mexico? Or, or even better yet, is it a good idea? Dia, like, do I make money or can I make money? You know, Rob, I think at this point, a few years in, having helped out so many different families, you must be getting those types of questions now. Uh, can you share some some thoughts on you know what what Puerto Vallarta is like from an investment perspective, whether it's numbers or are you seeing a lot of it? Perhaps that's not your forte. I'm not sure. Maybe you can give some feedback here. Let's give the idea of, of, of the market a little bit and and, and expectations. You you kind of touched on their expectations of people buying down here. I always get the request. You know, I'm looking at maybe buying an investment property down there, uh, either for retirement or whatever the case may be, and I would like beachfront, uh, two bedroom, two bath, and if not beachfront, you know, a block back ocean, ocean view, uh, and I want to invest like $250,000. Sorry, those days are gone. It wasn't too long ago that you could look for, for something in a, in, in a farther out area, but nowadays, um, let's say, okay, now going to investment and return on that investment. Let's look at beachfront, oceanfront, uh, two-bedroom, two-bath condo. If you're looking at, because uh, it's you know it's the nicer buildings that are on the beachfront as well, right? So looking at say a million to a 1.5, you know 1.4 million Canadian, you're looking at you're going to be able to rent that place out for 350 to 500 dollars US a night. Uh, now move back, come back 750 meters from the beach, they put you into a condo or there's condos available for under that $400,000 Canadian mark. And, and like I said, that other one, that's, you know, that's short term vacation rental per night. Um, move back here and you're looking at 2,300 to 2,500 a night. I mean, sorry, 2,300 to 2,500 a month, high season, long-term rental. So, you know, for that 400,000 Canadian investment, you can look in the high season of 2,300, 2,500 a month and long-term rental. Uh, like the building I'm in here, we see it's mostly Canadians uh, coming down for five, four to six months per year. And those are the long-term rentals that they're looking for. Is there a big push for the uh, short-term rental Airbnb? Is there uh, an opportunity for that down there, Rob? Yeah, absolutely. It, it all depends on how much work you want to be involved with. You know, short-term vacation rentals, of course, takes a lot of management. You have people in and out two, three nights or one week. It, so it, it's constant. Uh, the long-term rentals, of course, much easier. Minimum investment of time. Uh, you get somebody in for there for a month, two months, six months. Uh, some people rent for a year. And so it depends on what you want to put into it. If you're doing the, uh, the high flow vacation rentals, of course, you're going to make more money. But you also got to look at, are you going to be able to manage all that? Or you have to bring in a management company, which is going to take about 20% off your bottom line. Got it to for have somebody manage that. Got it. Okay. Any clear tips for anybody who's even thinking about evaluating real estate in that uh, particular region? Anything that you you know right off the bat as to, you know, perhaps 
Uh, I mean, you mentioned obviously buying back from the beach, looking at different areas, locations, but are there areas that people should really just avoid or property types or certain types of investment that you see as like traps for people that they get stuck in? Anything that you've seen in the last uh, couple of years? I don't see anything as real traps or anything, but you always got to think that most of the time people that are coming down here, uh, of course, for short term, but even long term uh, rentals and such uh, or people that are buying they're looking for something that's close proximity to the grocery stores, to restaurants and everything else. So if somebody is looking at an investment income uh, property, then buying something too far back and out of the way is going to bring you a lot less revenue because you're going to get the people to be like, okay, well, I'm not close to anything. So the most I'm going to pay is $1,300 a month for this property because I have to take taxi cabs. People don't come down here and just, everybody just doesn't own a car here, right? Uh, when you move down here. So, right. So you're, that's that, if anything, that would be, you're really evaluating a real estate investment there, no different than any other city, I would imagine. Um, and, uh, I mean, with the only primary difference being that this is the play here from the most part is quote unquote, many vacationers or, um, maybe midterm type of rental situations. What I'm hearing from you, they're staying there for three to six months, uh, for the most part. And mm -hmm. your location sounds to me as well as perhaps the amenities in the area, as really the cornerstone to how you're investing. Maybe not necessarily having to be on the beach, but close to everything else, is that right? Yeah, absolutely right. Of course, everybody wants to be close to the beach, uh, but you know, if you can be you know, 750 meters to the beach here uh, as we are, uh, it's easy to walk down there, right? Yeah. And uh, spend the day or whatever the That's case. That's not so bad. So, That's not so bad. That doesn't sound terrible to no, me at all. No, no. <laughs> all right. So let's talk a bit about no. the buying process. So, so let's say, uh, let's say I've uh, I reach out to you on on Instagram and I say, Rob, I want to buy a, a piece of real estate in uh, Puerto Varta. Uh, let's talk to me a little bit about the process of buying real estate down there. And I mean, perhaps we don't need to go through the whole thing from start to finish, but what are the primary differences that people don't really anticipate that you first thing, right, to, to knock out of the park that people should know about? Definitely. We, we wouldn't want to go through all the details of it because this would be a very, very long podcast. It's, it's quite a bit more involved here. The, the whole process is, is quite lengthy. I've had some clients felt intrusion into into their privacy, right? Their financial privacy and, and and personal privacy of all the information that's needed. But people have to understand that you're buying property in a foreign country, and I guess the question is, don't you want them to be very detailed? There is a lengthy it's a lengthy process of being of the. Uh, uh, notary here. The notary is what is the person that takes care of the whole um, transaction. <clears throat> a notary here is a. It's quite involved to become a notary. You have to have been a lawyer for a minimum of three years. You've had to have worked in a real estate uh, notary's office for a minimum of two years or something like that. I think there's a, a there's an age. Um, a requirement and then after you go through all that there's a it's a lengthy process anyways to become a notary here then you are you are uh, instated by um, the state itself like it's, it's quite a process so uh, they say they're uh, uh, they're they're a person one step below a judge here so they take care of the whole process and transaction and it's thorough background checks of the property itself, the developer, uh, 
the owners, the, the taxes, the whole history of, of that property. It'll all it'll go all the way back to uh, to where it was, you know, a Hedo land at some point, you know, or like it's very um, <clears throat> it's very thorough. But all these steps are there to protect the buyer and the seller. And because of the anti uh, anti money laundering acts here, uh, they require every little bit of information to see where that money's coming from, the source of that money, and where that money is going to. So it's a minimum 60-day closing here. It doesn't make a difference. Uh, you say, well, what if I'm paying cash? Well, most of the time you are paying cash here anyways, and it doesn't matter. It's a minimum 60-day closing. That's how long it takes to, for the process. And the agent is involved and with you through that complete journey. It's not just, hey, you know, here's the sale. There we go. There's the contract. They'll take care of you now. You're, you're involved right from beginning to end with your client, right up to the point where I'm uh, arranging to have your electricity and hooked up and everything else. So uh, it's a very involved process for the client, but not only that, for the agent that you're working with. It says to me a lot about just having someone experienced in your court or someone that's going to do the due diligence down there and in terms of uh, real estate. It, it, you know, I, w- One question that I have, Rob, is uh, just generally speaking, the real estate industry down there, it, you know, are there... Um, for lack of a better word, are, are there a lot of people who are licensed but don't frequently sell real estate in the area? Is that common occurrence or is it something where you really have to dedicate and be full time to become a real estate agent in that uh, vicinity, in that area? Well, you, you know, the history of it is that anybody could be a real estate agent down here. You know, uh, you're getting a ride from the airport and the taxi cab driver is saying, hey, if you don't have a property, I'm, an, I'm a real estate agent as well. That is really changing down here. Um, they're, they're, they're actually called coyotes. Everybody's a, a, a real estate agent. But the, they are, the laws are really changing down here. Uh, Profeco, which takes care of, the, of consumer laws down here and such, they're really coming down on the real estate industry. And it is going to be that um, you can't even advertise on the flex MLS system that we have here unless you are an AMPI certified agent. AMPI is the uh, real estate board here in Mexico and uh, so they're really coming down from here. It's It was that you never had, you did not have to be, uh, each individual agent was not licensed. Everybody just worked under the license of the broker. Crazy. But it, it's Times are changing, and um, it's they're bringing it down that now every single person is going to have to be licensed individually the way it should be. Awesome, man. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, it says a lot about uh, having better representation and better people down there to protect you, which is you know something that a lot of people have fear about in, in places like that. You know, One thing I've learned in talking to people like yourself and a few others that I know that have made their move down to Mexico in the last year is that it's not perhaps, well, I shouldn't say everywhere, but you know, developed cities and areas like Puerto Vallarta and, and other you know, developed areas, it's not the Wild West that people have this mindset of from 30 years ago. It's, it's obviously sophisticated. It's a pretty uh, uh, strong, you know, 
know, society in many different ways, just with some unique cultural differences is what I've heard from a lot of people there. Um, thinking about that, right. you know, like, what is the, like, again, someone, someone reaches out to you, I just want to circle back, like, what do you hear from people besides the obvious of the process and the timeline when they come down to, to buy a home? Like, what does that look like for most people? And, and what are the common things that you hear from people around uh, purchasing real estate uh, down there? Or is it like, oh, this is missing these amenities or these expenses or like, what are things that people are, are noticing or you're picking up right away? I guess more in the process itself, uh, I'm, I'm probably 75% of my clients are buying remotely. They're not even here. They may have been down here. They may know those buildings or, uh, or or they've never ever stepped foot in the place. So, you know, they give me the parameters, what they're looking for, their budget. I go find these places and then I will, you know, schedule appointment. I go through, do a video tour of the place, either with them online or I just do a video tour. And then I connect with them, go through the whole place i look for any problem areas and people can do home inspections and everything just like they're used to in canada or the u.s and then um and then from there uh you know you start to process if you want to make an offer it's 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 10 percent of the purchase price and that temp, and then you use escrow so uh, let's let's take a take a step back there and stop you really quickly. So if you want to make an offer, it's is it the, the deposit is ten percent of the purchase price? Is that right? Offer is ten percent of the purchase yeah. price, which is sent to uh, an escrow company. Again, another one of the steps to protect both sides of the transaction. Interesting. Right? Okay, so that you got to have that cash available, and how soon do you have to have that cash available? Is it as soon as you make an offer? Within a week. Within a week, for okay. sure. Uh, you usually say in the contract three to five days. But uh, once you're ready to make that offer, it's got to be within a week. You send that 10% to escrow, and you're, there are many uh, there are many steps afterwards that protect you from uh, that deposit. You know, the condominium regimen comes back, or what, whatever the case may be. That this doesn't that turns out this is not your property. Escrow returns that deposit back to you. So you're very well protected. I mean, I mean, we've all heard the stories of things going sideways for people down here, but I'm telling you, I think it's, uh, it, it's again, it's more involved here when we bought this place than it was to purchase a place in Canada. Wow. Interesting. Well, that says a lot about, uh, you know, people's, it probably calls a lot of fears that people have about like, again, um, losing their title to the property or losing money or being scammed. I mean, especially if you're working with someone reputable here, like Rob uh, in that, you want to be working with an agency, a brokerage, uh, and that is part of the AMPI group. Uh, AMPI is, uh, is, are the people that regulate the real estate industry down here. If you are with Tom's Realty and he's working out of his home and he also has a side job be very careful yeah. nothing, to do, nothing wrong um, I mean, with tom but you I always want to <laughs> yeah you, you always want to have everything go through through a yeah. notary yeah it makes sense man that absolutely makes sense okay 
So, so um, some really interesting points here. People are moving to Mexico, not only uh, to retire, but moving to Mexico to live, uh, specifically Puerto Vallarta. You brought up some really good points about moving a little bit further back to the beach to find way more value, but not so far back that you're so far away from a lot of the amenities. Um, the, 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 the closing time, minimum of 60 days, is really interesting and surprising because perhaps we would have expected earlier, but due to the uh, AML and the any money laundering rules, I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. Basically, what I'm hearing from you is uh, this is a real thing. It's actually happening quite frequently. The real estate as an investment is no different than analyzing it in any other city. It's just a different place and a different type of opportunity and no different than anything else. You should probably have an extremely good professional that you trust taking care of you. Did I miss anything there, Rob? No, absolutely not. I'll I'll add to that just to kind of give an idea. Our, Our property deed for our property is no word of a lie, it's almost half an inch thick just for the property deed. So again, it's a very it's very involved, very thorough. Oh, man, that's interesting. Well, uh, I gotta come down to Mexico very soon and uh, and see you. I know we have plans to do so at some point in the in the new year. Meet you and, and Holly and the puppy, because I know you guys have a puppy down there soon. <laughs> I'll have to bring <laughs> yeah. have to bring Chewy down. <laughs> but thank you so much, Rob, for coming on the show. I, everybody who's thinking about purchasing and investing in real estate, again, uh, send Rob a DM. He's on Instagram. I'll tag it in the show notes. Uh, you know, again, thanks so Rob for getting out of your comfort zone and doing this because I know it was a little bit different yeah. there for you. And uh, I know you're a great guy and a lot of fun to work with. I actually personally know a few people that are working with you and they had great feedback and great reviews. So thanks again, man, for taking the time to hop it's on great, today. Yeah. yeah, I can actually even throw, you know, that whole buying uh, process. I have put together a, a, a nice little step-by-step how the whole transaction goes. It's a really great way for people to uh, get familiar with it and maybe get a little bit more comfortable with the process. So uh, people can... Just reach out, ask me for that, and uh, I can send awesome. it to them. Awesome. All right, my man. Thanks so much. Enjoy another beautiful sunny day, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon.